week after and throughout the year, I believe it is imperative that we join hearts together with our pastors. And wonderful thing is they'll be back next week on Sunday. It's going to be good to have them back. In the meantime, we'll be finishing up and concluding our sermon series here on the spiritual family. Don't you love Integrate? I just love the atmosphere of a big family. I, I grew up in a small family. But this just has that big family feel. And where God's truth is so applicable and so powerful, no matter what our age is and where we're coming from. And really, this is what the Spiritual Family Series is about. It is taking God's words of eternal life and applying it to our everyday living in our everyday relationships, in the context of our homes, and the practical applications for here in our church family at the nation's church. And I believe God has an important message to us about belonging. What it means to belong to God's spiritual family. Last week, I had a a wonderful conversation with my good friend and brother, Moonsu, and we were talking about the new additions to our family and rediscovering all of the wonders that come with babies. And I say rediscovering is because you kind of forget as a parent what, what, what that's like. Maybe that's how God designed it so we'd have more babies. I don't know. But we were sharing and swapping stories of, of you know, our, 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 our youngest and our, our babies, and I remember one story about um, just how surprised we are of how, many, how much babies spit up. Did you know babies spit up a lot? And, and whenever it happens, um, as a parent, I think you kind of get a little bit worried, you know, because you, you want all that good stuff to stay in the belly, not outside on your shirt, you know. You just want it to be in there. And so we, we learn to realize that's, that's normal. So if you're a parent-to-be or you think about having kids, babies spit up, and they do it a lot. There's nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Another thing that we discovered again, and I thought was so fascinating, was how children, from the moment they're born, they don't want to be alone. They want to be together. They want to be close to you and with their family. From the moment we're born, that's how we're, we're made. The moment that my, my baby Uni wakes up and she's aware that she's alone, guess what she does? She cries out. And the moment we come and take her into our arms or sit next to her and play with her, she, she knows we're with her. And this is how God made us. He said it this way. Has anyone ever felt lonely before? Don't raise your hands because I know the answer to that. Yes, we have. And there's a reason for it. God put it there. He put this hole in your spiritual heart for a reason. And that reason is more than just a temporary togetherness, more than, you know, me going out and having a coffee and a really great conversation. And and that's all so enjoyable. But then we part ways. No, no, it's more than that. It's more eternal than that. It's a longing for something that is permanent. A permanent belonging. God set this in us. 
And let's read about this purpose, why he put this in us. And, and I believe he's going to really show us and unpack this in our time together today. In Ephesians chapter 1, 5, which is our Bible quote, and it's actually mislabeled on your notes. I apologize for that. Please cross out the, uh, the reference of Romans eight fifteen and put in Ephesians 1, 5. It reads, And before the world was made, God decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That was what he wanted and what pleased him. In some other translation, in the New Living Translation, it says that it gave him great pleasure. And before the world was made, get this, before God spoke, let there be light, before there was the sun and moon and stars in the sky, before the the world had any shape, he had made a purpose. He had decided to make us his children and to be members of his spiritual family that is the whole inside of us and it's a whole of permanent belonging that is one of eternal lasting and value first point you were created to belong to God's spiritual family. That's what you were created for, is to belong to his family, first and foremost. You know, I believe that belonging is so core to who we are, to our identity. Wherever you experience belonging, you will become Okay, So wherever you feel a sense of true acceptance, a love without conditions, and a belonging at the deepest sense of who you are, you will become like who you are with. You'll talk like the people you're around. You'll dress like them. You'll walk like them. Maybe smell like them. I don't know. But you become that. In Romans 8.29, let's look and explore what I'm saying further. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. This is God's purpose for us in belonging to his family, is to become like his son. And when you belong to God's spiritual family, not just in knowledge, but in absolute experience, and you know that, you become like Jesus, the firstborn of all new creation. And that is God's purpose of how he set it up. But if you are searching for that belonging that he put into your heart outside of God then you become opposite of Jesus. Follow me here. When we are a part of God's spiritual family, we are shown that we become like Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. 
But if you are belonging and you're experiencing that belonging outside of God, the Bible will tell you and God's heart will tell you that you will become and all you, what you feel and you experience is lostness. Because Jesus is the way. You will only experience lies. Because Jesus is the truth. And you will conform into death. A complete lack of life outside of God. Because why? Jesus is life. And so this is the reason God has from the... It's not even the beginning. It's before the beginning. Can you catch that? Before the beginning, before anything existed, this was his will and purpose for us to belong into his spiritual family. And God doesn't need a family. Why? Because God is the family. He's original spiritual family. He is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who in the New Testament, where it's revealed, gives birth to our spirit and testifies to our spirit that we are children of the Almighty God. And so we are born into a human family, aren't we? And what God has intended in our human families is that our human family would be completely immersed into his spiritual family. So when we're looking at our church here today, his intention and what his will is for us is that there is no difference between our natural family and that of our spiritual family when he is our good, good father. And we are loved by him fully and completely. And we live out that identity that we are a child of God. See, wherever you belong, you will become. And that's why we as a church family don't have to worry about trying to get people to talk a certain way. Or getting some people to do the right things. Because if they, and when they, and you and I experience the amazing, incredible, incomparable love of God, we become like Jesus. They don't need to become like me or you. If we have a full church people who are like Jesus, then we are the light of the world. We, we are his co-heirs. We are brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. Did you know he's our Lord and he's our master and he's our brother and he's our friend? You know, I think the Bible tries to show us all these relationships on earth. All the amazing qualities of the relationships that we have on earth. Just to show us the, the complexity and the completeness that there is no comparison here on earth to the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ in our union with him. It's that amazing in our belonging with our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the next verse is where I, I believe is a practical one. That I would say, maybe I can speak to our parents first. Parents, I would encourage you with all of my heart to not have your children find their belonging anywhere else but in God. In His spiritual family, first and foremost. Not in your own family, whether you are a Smith or a Pock or a Lee or a... a Kim, or why can't I think of any other English last names? Um, Johnson, there we go. Just trying to balance things out. (laughs) To not find their belonging in any culture that they're in or nationality that they're in, whether it be here in Korea, North America, Europe, Africa, wherever it be. Because when we start to find our belonging in any other place outside of God, this truth remains no matter how good it seems to be. It's temporal. And what's temporal will change. And it's broken. And it will not give a fulfillment of this eternal longing that God has put into our hearts before the world was made. But instead... Ephesians 2.19 says, Teach them that they are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Kids, I know this is an international church, and so there's a lot of cultures that you may be exposed to or you feel belonging in or maybe not feel belonging in. My encouragement to you and God's word to you is find your belonging in his spiritual family first and foremost. That you, above all else, you are a child of God. And that is eternal. There is nothing changing about that no matter what passport you have, no matter what happens to your family, no matter where you go to school, what degree you have, what job you may get, and what money you make, you are a child of God, and that is everlasting, and that will bring you life. Second point, you are part of God's family. You were born into God's family so you can grow up. It's not too different from a a child who's born, right? The purpose really is to grow up. Same thing, when you were born in your second birth into God's family, you're to grow up. Ephesians chapter 4, 14 through 15 says this, Then we will no longer be children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. And this is the thing. There's a lot of teaching in this world. You can just look on the internet. You can find what, if you can think, you can just imagine, oh, I wonder if there's a teaching or a philosophy or a way on this. And you type it in, you'll most likely find it. There's nothing new under the sun. But the thing is that every other teaching outside of the word of God 
will just lead you to a place where you feel like a tiny little boat on a big old ocean in a storm where you get tossed to and fro. This is what I'm talking about when we're in, in a practical way. It's the world will offer you a way to have a life. So you say, oh, this is a great investment strategy. So I will do that because this is where I can find life. Or here's a psychological technique that I can apply into my life and I will feel it. And then what we end up doing, because I've done it, I know many, if not all of us have done it, we go after a certain strategy, a certain program, a certain teaching, and we're going at it hard for however long, months to years, and it leads up empty before we say, Oh, here's another promising one over here, right? And we follow that. And we go there, and it finds empty. And we go back and forth, back and forth. This is why God's purpose for us is to grow up. So we don't get tossed to and fro by the teachings of this world that are often built on human cunning with cleverness and techniques of deceit, just lies. But speaking truth in love lets us grow in every way into him who is the head, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4.13 says, God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. I believe that being a grown-up is the best thing in the world. But my belief of that has changed since I was a, say, seven, eight-year-old. Because I wanted to grow up a lot, really badly. I don't know if you, about you guys, but I really wanted to be a grown-up. I wanted to be a grown-up because when I grew up, I could finally sleep at 2 a.m. and nobody will tell me I couldn't. And then I wake up at 1 p.m. and it would be awesome. I could eat all the chocolate cake I want, steak every single day. I could leave my lights on. My dad wouldn't nag me about it. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) I could do whatever I want. And then I started to grow up. (laughs) And I realized being a grown-up doesn't mean that I could do whatever I want. However... This is the crossroads. This is the reason I believe, one of the main reasons, spiritually, perhaps some, some of us don't want to grow up. Because we believe doing whatever I want is something huge to lose. That's easier. Thinking the way I want to think. This is about the self-life. But here's the thing. If you're living for self, you cannot grow up. Period. You just can't. And we we believe that's the easy road, but the Bible tells us this in Matthew 7, that broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. But narrow is the gate and road that leads to life. Simply put, what you think is the easy road of living the self-life, it's going to be the hard road. It's going to lead to destruction and death. Please take my word for it if you haven't tried it yet. Because don't try it. It does. God promises that. I tell you that. But the one that seems difficult, 
the one that seems like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if I can do that responsibility. I don't, I don't know who's going to take care of me. I, I used to grow up and all my parents would do all these things that I didn't want to do. I don't want to do those things. That seems like a really hard life. And we look at those things and we don't take it by telling you. It leads to a place of fulfillment in what God has given to you in the core of your being to take up what he has given to you in the family of God to grow up in him in every way into Christ who is the head. Because that hard road will end up to being the most fulfilling and life-giving road. But the thing is, you can only grow up here in the family of God. Or 50 times in the Bible, in the New Testament, the phrase, each other, one another, is used. And so it's not something we do in isolation. We serve each other, greet each other. We, we encourage each other. We forgive each other. We carry each other's burdens. We love one another. We stand in faith together. And in this, this is how we grow and become mature adults. And here's the purpose of why we grow. Next point. You grow up so you can raise others up. I think it's amazing. God has such, so, and so intimately involved us in partaking and participating in his family. That we are part in raising up. Ephesians 4.12 says his purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son. You see, his purpose is to get you ready, equip you, to grow you. Why? So you can serve And build up the body of Christ until we become one in our faith. That what we believe is united. It is there's a oneness in what we believe. And that oneness is in who Jesus truly is. Can you fathom a people who believe Jesus at his word 100% completely together moving together as his body, what God cannot accomplish through that. And so his purpose is for us to raise others up as we grow up. In Ephesians 4.16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. Did you know that you have a special work? Linroy said that there's a purpose for you. You do. That you have a very special role in the family of God, in his spiritual family. And the moment you believe that and you have a corresponding action to that, saying, yes, okay then, I'm going to do it. The moment you do that, you help the other parts grow. It's amazing. As he's making the whole body fit together perfectly. 
And by doing that, you're, you're creating health. You're creating growth by God's amazing spirit working through you. All so we can be full and filled up with love. And so here's the message today about this I want us to all hear. Is that you are a vital member of the body of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't understand membership, church membership, in the way that the world teaches it. I have a lot of memberships around here. I have an SK membership. I have a KT membership, too, because my wife has KT. I think I have a Home Plus membership. I, can pull, I don't have my wallet, but I can pull out my wallet, and I'll show you how many memberships I have, and I'm sure you have maybe 10 times more than I do. It's easy to have membership. I just sign a piece of paper, and then I'm a member. <laughs> and then as long as it's benefiting me, oh, I'll continue being a member. But as the moment it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. I've got other places I can be a member of. This is not the biblical membership. The member being a member of the body of Jesus Christ, of the spiritual family of God, means that you are a vital, indispensable member of a living body that is Jesus Christ. And knowing that, believing it, and letting God live that out through you. Did you know the kidney is an important organ of our body? I don't know why I picked the kidney, but I think I know a little bit about the kidney. I have two of them. I know that. Nobody took them out. And the kidney, I believe, there's people who's going to know better. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it filters the, the, the waste out of the blood, right, and kind of regulates um, blood pressure, things like that. It's important. Everybody in agreement with that? <laughs> so it's important for your health, your kidneys to be healthy and to function as it's functioning. But no matter how healthy my kidneys are, and if I just went and pulled out my kidneys and put it right here on the table, wow, that's a healthy-looking kidney. But it has no purpose being out there, and it cannot fulfill its purpose without being a part of the body. True? But here's the thing of this, where I think some of the lies this kidney might believe. The kidney might say, well, I'm not that important. I'm not the heart. Okay? Yes, you're very important. Or he has another kidney already. Yeah? I, I need you. My body needs you. Or the kidney might say, I don't need the body. I don't need it. I, I, I'm all, all okay on my own. But the body needs you. The body needs you. You were created for being an integral important, indispensable part of the living body of Jesus Christ. And when you look at the church family in this way, then you stand in it and you say yes to that. And God does his beautiful, special work in you and he grows others up. And he brings health to the body. He brings his perfect love to the body. And anybody who experiences belonging in the body, they become like Jesus. And we walk together with him as our head, Jesus as our body, fulfilling God's wonderful purpose here.
on earth. So a very practical point. Very practical. This is why we have the vision team here at the Nations Church. If God's speaking to you about this, I say, join the vision team. Because simply put, the vision team are people who said yes to what we've been talking about right now. That God has given us a a vision that every believer experienced the freedom that is theirs in Christ Jesus, the strength through God's Holy Spirit to fulfill their purpose here on earth. And we as the vision team, all we do is are saying yes to that and allowing him to fulfill that in and through us. And as, as we're part of that, I tell you just even this morning being a part of the vision team meetings, I'm hearing testimony after testimony of miracles of God's power being outworked, of hearts being transformed, minds being renewed, of people seeing God as he truly is and being able to put off all that was not. And this is how it works when we're a part of the body. To not be outside, to be a vital member, is that that's where you start to be encouraged when somebody else says, You know, I believed in this. I struggled with it, but God told me, and I believed in it, and this is what he did. That brings life to me. That brings health to me. And we encourage each other. We're being built, and we are uh, 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 being formed and united together in him. So that's as practical as I can say of being a part of this. This last point. The purpose of belonging is to go out. (laughs) This is why you belong to the family of Jesus Christ. It's so that you can leave. (laughs) It's so that you can go. Because the church, what we're building here is not about us, is it? Praise God, it's not. Because otherwise, you and I would not be children of God. It's to go out where there are slaves to free them, and so they become sons of the living God. That is God's purpose for why we belong into his spiritual family. Matthew 28, 19 says, you you must go. So you must go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, a family without purpose has no life. Do you hear that? And this is what I'm talking about, uh, an application for our natural families as well. If, you, if, you, if your family doesn't have a purpose, and I believe it can't have a purpose without God, I just, I just believe that. If there's no life there. You just are doing, you're doing whatever everyone else does. But God has given his purpose to a spiritual family and that is to go out and make slaves into sons to free people invite them to belong into God's family to make them children of the almighty and so when that is embedded and that is first and foremost your belonging then that will be that purpose of your family as well and it will be one in the same as you move and breathe and have your being in him. 
And we're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptize simply means to immerse. And we become immersed again back into the family of God. Now I'll say this. We're going to have baptism next week. As, as Linroy announced. If you have not become baptized and you're a believer, be baptized. Can't get any simpler than that. You know, when I was about to get married to my, to my wife being half serious here. I was kind of half joking, but I was half serious. I I had um, said, Kelly, would it be okay? um, Oh, let me say, let me give you a backstory. I I just didn't like rings. I never, I had a class ring and I didn't like it. And it was bulky. And so I had asked her if it was okay if I didn't get a a ring, but a a watch, a wedding watch. Yeah, snickering, I, I hear that. What do you think her answer was? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, really? They really need. I mean, I, I'd still tell, hey, this is where I got this watch means that I'm married. I don't think it's. I thought it could work. I really did. I'm so grateful. She said no. <laughs> she was unconditional about it. No. Why? Because this is what it means to be married. Everybody knows that if I have a ring that I have a wife and that we are one and nothing comes in between us. And this is my choice that I belong to my wife. And when you are baptized, this is exactly what you're saying. It's saying that I belong to the family of God. And I have made that decision. That's my mark. God had killed my old nature. He buried it. Praise God. And he has his new life living within me. Praise God. I love being a part of his family. Immerse me again and again. Let me be baptized that I am in the family of God. There's no reason not to be baptized. And so we're going to have a baptism class later, right after the service. If you want to be baptized and you're a believer, come and find out more about what it is. Because it means being a part of the spiritual family of God. You belong to Jesus Christ. Your belonging is in Him. And if you have had struggles with your core identity of who you are and this idea that a child of God is something that seems so still abstract to you or not very clear to you, God loves having this conversation with you because he will testify to your spirit that you are a child of God. And when you have that revelation in your heart, like I have, Because there was one point where I didn't know if I was a Korean or if I was an American. Or if I was a Korean-American. I said, God, am I a Korean or am I American? Or am I a Korean-American? Or am I some weirdo? That's fine, because then I can act like a weirdo as long as I know that's who I am. Because no, you're never going to be a Korean. You'll never be an American because you're my child and you will wear the name of my son for all of your life. It's an eternal identity. It's an eternal belonging. And that revelation needs to be real, not just something you hear on a message. 
when you experience the belonging in his family, you will become like him. And there's nothing that compares to that. Praise Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, good, good Father, thank you for loving us, for freeing us, and for making us your own. And I pray with my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, those who have heard this, and that you're speaking to right now, may you bring clarity of your word to us so that we do not let go, but allow that word to work in us so that you can outwork it into your church and therefore illuminate and touch this dark, dark world. Father, all of us who may have any fears of growing up and, and don't have the revelation of how, how destructive and how empty, how disgusting the self-life really is, I pray that, Lord, you will speak to them to show them with the enlightening and of their spiritual heart they can see that so that it becomes nothing of a sacrifice but a complete embracing of the incredible immeasurable value of your eternal life of their belonging in you and if you are not a member of the family of God because you've not been born again which means that you have not given the whole of your life to Jesus Christ so that he could exchange your dead life with his eternal life, then I want to pray with you right now if he is convicting you, if he is speaking into your heart and you're saying, yes, I want to be a part of the family of God because I know of this ache that we've been talking about, this lonely ache that will not go away, that I know I'm made for something bigger, I'm made to belong in something more something permanent and eternal, then if you are convicted, then let me pray with you and pray something like this. God, I need you. I want you. My life is worthless and I see that you have eternal value. Right here, right now, I give to you all of my life so that you can give me your eternal life. I believe in Jesus the Son, that He is my Savior, that He will wash all my sins away, past, present, and future. And by accepting this, I also receive your Holy Spirit to live in me that makes me a child of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah and amen.